0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 22nd, 2020. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert in site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow us on Twitter at underscore omd on today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to break down everything that happened in the Orlando Magic's 99-90 loss to the, so- to the uh, LA Clippers as they played their first scrimmage back after a four-month layoff. We'll talk all about what mattered, what didn't matter from that game, and where we go next, all coming up in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravy Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Clippers' perspective on Wednesday's game? Check out Locked On Clippers. Want to look ahead to the Los Angeles Lakers now? Check out Locked On Lakers. They'll play the Dallas Mavericks on Thursday. No matter what team you're looking for, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network—it's your team every day. Undoubtedly, it was a little weird watching the NBA back in action. Undoubtedly, it was a little weird. Seeing the game played the way it was, no fans, it was a very kind of surreal setting, but also undoubtedly it was a little bit normal. We didn't know quite what to expect when the, when the Orlando Magic took the floor again on Wednesday to face the LA Clippers. We didn't know how far along they were, where, you know, how close they were to kind of gain shape. We didn't know where the Clippers were at. We didn't know what kind of Clippers team we would see. Everything was a complete mystery. And as I said yesterday, this game was more of a status check, just to make sure they're on the right path, that they have a foundation from which to build on. The, the final result didn't matter. I don't care that the Magic lost. I don't care uh, that they gave up all the points they gave up, And I'll, but I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in just a moment. What mattered was that the Magic looked organized, they they played with kind of passion and energy, and they did a lot of good things. And essentially for three quarters, I think we can say that about Wednesday's game. The Orlando Magic came out pretty well, doing a good job attacking the middle of the paint, moving the ball and getting easy baskets. Jumpers were tough to come by. But Orlando took the early lead, 26-21, and they looked pretty sharp and pretty into the game. The Clippers, of course, came back and dominated the second quarter, 32-16, as Orlando started settling for outside shots and trying to force things and doing, you know, kind of the offensive movements and moves that we kind of expected uh, it, as it being the first preseason game. You know, just a lot of lot of little mis- lot of mistakes that are just Guys trying to do too much, especially against a good defensive team like the Clippers. And the Clippers had their turn getting into the paint and hitting three-pointers. The Clippers were just a little bit better from beyond the arc than the Magic in this game. That's, that's you know, it. I play a lot of NBA 2K. There are just some games where I'm scoring twos and they're scoring threes. And sometimes there's not a lot you can do about it. Orlando shoots 5 for 28 from beyond the arc. The Clippers... 16 for 41. 16 minus five is 11. That's 33 points uh, difference right there alone. If the Magic are losing right now because they're missing threes, you can live with that. The Clippers just made their threes, and some of it was Orlando's poor defense. Some of it was Orlando defended really well, and you know focused on th- focused on some other things. And the Clippers just made shots, and that's whatever. That's that. So, but the Clippers took a 10 point lead in the locker room uh, on a Paul George three pointer, and. Second quarter was certainly a, a point of, dis, of disappointment. You know, Steve Clifford said the second, second quarter was not good. You know, the team kind of gave up the inside out play that really made them work and made the first quarter so impressive and, and great. The second half, though, was significantly better. Orlando does win the second half 48 to 46, just by two points, but nothing crazy. They win the third quarter 28 to 22. And if what really mattered in this game, is that you have a foundation to grow from and that you can make adjustments uh, on the fly, then the Magic certainly achieved that. Orlando got the ball inside to Nikola Vucevic significantly more. He was able to score efficiently and effectively. The ball movement was a lot better. The the team worked inside out when they were getting threes. They didn't get a lot, obviously. Um, But they were able to get to the foul line. They were able to kind of get inside. And getting to the foul line is probably more about the Clippers being a step slow defensively than anything else. Uh, And even though Orlando still gave up their fair share of points, especially for a 40-minute game for 20-minute halves uh, and 10-minute quarters. Even though the Magic gave up their fair share of points, although 22 points in the third quarter isn't the worst thing in the world. They were still more active defensively. They were getting deflections. They were kind of into the game a lot more. So the Magic got better as the game went on. Now, there are still a lot of problems. There's still a long way to go, and there's still a lot for this team to work on. Game tape will give the Magic the opportunity uh, just to understand where they're at. And I'm sure Steve Clifford poured over the game tape after the game on Thursday just to have, a, or on Wednesday, just to have a better sense of what he needed to work on in practice on Thursday before the Magic take on a much different and much tougher challenge, it seems, in the Los Angeles Lakers. For sure, the Magic looked a step off. Defensively especially, the, the chemistry just wasn't there. Um, and I think the Magic weren't, phys- weren't you know as physical as they need to be and honestly, even rebounds, they weren't attacking rebounds as aggressively as I think they, they should or could. It was clear by watching them that, they, you know, they didn't quite have their legs. There was definitely uh, some fatigue and some uh, some some players that were just out of rhythm. They were just unable to hit shots that they would normally make. Um, and again, the, the need to get into the paint, Orlando outscores the Clippers in the paint 46-26. to 26. The need to get into the paint is largely born from the fact that Orlando just doesn't have the legs right now to hit, hit outside shots. You know, the kind of things that I was looking for in this game were the first three-pointer, which didn't come for, for a while, and the first dunk, which only Gary Clark had a dunk. You know, Vooch didn't dunk, Gordon didn't dunk. Um, you, know, we, you know, Wes Awundu had a dunk. You know, there weren't very many dunks. The things that require leg strength and lift to, to, ha- to, to, to complete, shots and dunks. And there were, those were few and far between from both teams. It's nice to see that turnovers were low. You know the Clippers have eleven turnovers, the Magic have nine. So both teams do a good job on that front. Um, but overall, it, it had a very much a first preseason game vibe. Not just a first preseason game vibe, vibe probably a little bit less than that. Um, that it was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm very. The Magic are further along than I thought they'd be. Um, for whatever that's worth. I don't know if that's worth anything or not. But they, they surprised me a little bit in how they played and how kind of organized and prepped they were offensively. Defensively, I think they still have a lot of work to do to get where they need to be. Um, but again, overall, I I have to say that I was very impressed with this game. I was very impressed with how they played uh, and very impressed with 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 what the team gave us uh, on this day for a first, for first effort. The trick, of course, is to be better the next game, is to... Take what you've learned, take what you've succeeded with in this game and do it again in a second game or in the next game after that. That's going to be the real key for this team moving forward. But a great first effort for the Orlando Magic, a great first day, and now it's just about kind of putting those pieces together and building off of that foundation. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Before we dive into the box score, and I'll preface that by saying the box score doesn't matter that much. Um, You know, I'll try and draw out some points that I want to point out about about where players are at uh, when we get into the box score. But Before we dive into the box score, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about rockauto.com. It is, you know, I am not a car person. I've tried to fix my car once, and I know how overwhelming it can be to stand in that car shop and... Just be confronted with all these different choices. You're not sure which one's the right one for your car because every make and model feels so different. Uh, And you don't know whether you're getting the right part. You don't know whether the person at the table is going to be able to help you out or not. Or even if you know what part you're going to have, whether they have it in stock or not, or whether you got to wait for it to come in or whatnot, your car is an extension of you, especially here in Florida, in Orlando, doubly especially, you can't do anything without your car. You, you, It is such an important part of your life that you got to take care of it and take care of it as quickly as you can. Well, that's why rockauto.com is the place to go uh, if you're trying to take care of your baby and your baby is is your car. I'm sure some of you have named it. I haven't, but but some, some people do. People do that. Um, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I mean, remarkably easy. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write in locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. That, that gives us the credit. We like We like credit. You know, help your friend out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's dive into that box score real fast. Like I said, don't read too much into the score. The final was 99-90. to 90. Um, I think that, obviously, 99 points in a 40-point game is a lot. And the Magic's defense was hit or miss for most of the night. You know, 21 points in the first quarter is pretty good for a 12-minute quarter. Not so great for a 10-minute quarter. I mean, essentially, those last two minutes, you're going to get four or five more possessions. So, um, you know, it's... it's the Magic defense was was good in a lot of areas, but but overall, not the best defensive night for Orlando. I, I would honestly say, when it comes to defense, the issue was physicality. I know this is something that Steve Clifford has harped on throughout, throughout the entire season, really. Um, the team wasn't physical enough. They weren't great on the glass either. Um, like I said, I think one of the areas of major fatigue or major kind of lack of rhythm for this team was the offensive glass. They gave up 10 offensive rebounds. They weren't catching rebounds cleanly. Um, 10 offensive rebounds uh, uh, for for the team. Um, they weren't catching catching rebounds very cleanly, which I think is is a big thing, especially if you're trying to start the fast break. So the Magic's pace wasn't great. They weren't getting up and down the floor. On only six fast break points of the game. The, the Clippers only had seven. So the Magic did a good job on that front. Um, you know, they weren't they weren't really um, getting into the into the offense that quickly. But honestly, half court offense executed pretty well. Um, You know, except for the second quarter, they're able to get into their sets, they're able to move through their sets, they're able to make pretty successful reads, they're able to get good shots. Um, You know, Orlando shoots only 42.1% for the game, 5 for 28 from beyond the arc. I don't care about the three-point shooting being that bad, it's, you know, not that big of an issue at this point. Obviously, it will be going down the line, but three-point shooting is so much about legs and rhythm, and the team just, just really didn't have it completely. Orlando did a good job attacking glass. They get 21 for 26 from the foul line, so they did a good job attacking paint, getting to the foul line. Terrence Ross got fouled on a couple threes. You know, those are probably more about poor defense than than anything else. Um, But, you know, again, Orlando did a good job kind of forcing the issue, except for that second quarter. The second quarter was really, really bad. Don't get me wrong. That second quarter was really, really bad. That looked like first first preseason game kind of jitters. Um, You had the second unit, uh, you know, the second unit was... Michael Carter Williams, Wes Oundu, Terrence Ross, Gary Clark, Ken Birch. That's not a group that's gonna to play together. So the second quarter was bad. Um, you know, I think there were some bad habits and bad signs in that in that quarter, but overall, nothing that I am personally super worried about uh with this team because that group isn't going to be out on the floor together very much. Um, you know, I, I think I think Clifford will devise a way to stagger his lineups to make sure. You know, there are at least, you know, there's at least one starter on the floor at all times. Or one starter plus Ross on the floor at all times. Um, I think that that's just, that's just going to be the way it is. And, you know, again, everyone's got to deal with what they got to deal with. Um, this is a first game. This is a first uh, scrimmage game. I think it was Clifford wanted to use it just to kind of get everyone's feet wet. And that's that's really what happened. So, overall, I was happy with the Magic's offense. I thought they ran things well. Defense, again, just not physical enough. Uh, uh, you know, I, do, I think that is... And honestly, they were also a step slow. That was another area that was that the scrimmage kind of... Um, th- th- that's just kind of first preseason scrimmage. Just There's there's a level of trust that I think had to be built within the defense. I thought guys were digging in the ball too much and trying to protect the paint too much, and that exposed them to the three-point shot, which the Clippers took advantage of. You know, I think okay, kudos to the Clippers. They made, they made shots in a, in a game that I didn't expect a lot of shots to be made. So, you know, overall, I think as a team, Orlando did a lot of really good things. Plenty still to work on. Not perfect by any means, but a solid start to things here. Nikola Vucevic, the leading scorer with 18 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. He shot 8 for 13 from the floor. Um, Vucevic was was fantastic. Um, Third quarter, especially, Orlando trying to get back into the game. Vucevic really paced the team. He had 7 of his 18 points in that third quarter. Did a really good job just establishing himself in the post. He hit a couple threes. Uh, which obviously helped, you know, maybe one or two quick trigger threes, which, which are okay, I think, for, for this kind of a game. I'm not, I'm not going to go crazy over that. They are open, you know, maybe not the best shot selection, especially considering his three-point percentage. But again, overall, I thought Vucevic was really good, really composed. He looked ready to play. And, and, you know, Steve Clifford said after the game, you know, the thing is, some guys look, you know, are, everyone's at a kind of a different place. Some guys look like they're ready for more minutes. Some guys look like they need a little bit more time. Vucevic looked like he could keep playing. He he looked pretty good. Um, I, I honestly, I thought his defensive positioning was very good throughout the entire game. I thought he did a really good job, kind of setting his line in the in the paint uh, and doing a good job keeping guys out of the paint. I, again, I think the issue for the Magic because the, the Clippers didn't score a lot in the paint, they didn't even get to the foul line a lot. So the Magic's defense was pretty good at crowding the Clippers in the paint. But what the Clippers did a really good job was. Getting ever getting into the paint, sucking the defense in around them, and then kicking back out to the three-point line where the Magic were a little slow to recover, slow to get back out. And again, those kinds of rotations are a little bit about fatigue and a little bit about uh, the, the being out of rhythm and not not playing together as much. But honestly, if the Magic had trusted Vucevic a little more, um, given him a little bit more leeway defensively, I, I think they would have covered those three pointers. Um, I was really really happy with the way Vucevic played, and if Vucevic is playing. Uh, like this when the minutes ramp up he is going he's going to be a handful of the magic are gonna to be tough out um in this game of course you know Vucevic going up against you know Marcus Moore uh Marcus Morris um or you know even Joachim Noah who had a pretty solid game as well with uh, four points and five rebounds um is a little bit different than, say, going up against Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard or Nikola Jokic, which which we'll, we'll, we'll see coming up in the next couple of days. The other really good performer in the starting lineup, Aaron Gordon. 13 points, 5 for 9 shooting, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 block. He looked really good. He looked really engaged uh, in the game as well. He looked like—he looked, A, really, really healthy. He was moving, moving around really, really well. Um, I thought defensively, you know, got beat by—you know, he, he put his— Lixon and Kawhi Leonard was was Kawhi Leonard playing really really well? Were playing really really hard? No, not particularly. But um, I, I, you know, I thought Gordon when he was matched up with him held his zone. Um, you know, did, offensively, really did a good job looking for a shot. I counted only one possession where Aaron Gordon overdribbled and took a bad shot. Um, otherwise, st- you know, they were running him the same way they ran him in March and March and, and like February, sticking him in the higher mid post, letting him work work from there. Uh, where he can get his turnaround jumper going or, or, or make kind of quick moves and quick decisions that get right to the basket, or making a nice quick pass. He had a really nice pass to Wes Wondu on a backdoor cut that Awundu ended with a dunk uh, when Lou Williams tried to come and double-team him. So, uh, a really nice game from Aaron Gordon. He looked, he looked fresh, he looked ready to play uh, as well, and he said as much after the game. Other players that played uh, really well, Michael Carter-Williams really stood out. 16 points, 6 for 11 shooting, 4 for 6 from the foul line, 3 assists for him. Um, Carter-Williams was was able to score. I mean, in a, in, a, in, a, in a lineup that didn't have any creators, the magic really put the ball in Michael Carter-Williams' hands. And that was both a good thing and a bad thing. I, I think, you know, Carter-Williams was able to score. He was able to get to the basket at times, but it was inconsistent. And... You no, know, that bench unit needed Carter Williams to create, and and frankly, he is not the greatest creator. I can see why, you know, the Magic want to use his effectiveness defensively, but why they keep like a second point guard in there with him, like a DJ Augustine, uh, to kind of to kind of manage it a little bit. A little too much, Michael Carter Williams can really torpedo your offense, especially when it's kind of paired with Terrence Ross. Uh, I thought Carter Williams did a you know was was a little bit too wild in his drives. He was forcing things a little bit too much off the dribble. That was a big part of what the Magic struggled with the second quarter. James Ennis did a lot of the same things, unfortunately, four points, two for eight shooting for him. Um, but um, you know, overall, again, you know, Carter Williams, I think, still did more good than bad. You know, certainly that second quarter, you know, he would kind of set the tone a little bit, and and that just that just group that group just that group was just going to struggle. Um, and I, I think I don't think there's any way around it. Um, but overall, Carter Williams was aggressive and assertive. I like that. Um, I, I like that a lot, actually. Um, but obviously I think there's, there's, you know, the Magic needs some moderation and I think that'll come uh, when the lineups uh, get constricted a little bit. Terrence Ross also with a solid game. 14 points, 3-for-9 shooting, 2-for-6 from beyond the arc, 6-for-6 six six, uh, on two three-point fouls from the foul line um, for him. Terrence Ross, you know, certainly he came in, hit a three right off the bat. That got, you know, that, that made it seem like he had things really going, was feeling really good. But, you know, this second quarter again, Terrence Ross was kind of shooting the magic a little bit out of the game. Um, you know, 3-for-9 shooting, not the greatest number. Um, for him, rhythm is more important than than anything. I, I don't mind him in this kind of game shooting too much or trying trying to just shoot, to shoot, to shoot, to shoot, to shoot, just to kind of get that feeling and, 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 and get those, those kind of looks back again. Um, but again, it's, Ross getting in rhythm is going to be so key for this team because if Ross is shooting like he did in this game, there's going to be a lot more second quarters like the one the Magic had um, in Wednesday's game, which which obviously is not good. Other player who played really, really well, but again, very, very quietly, Mo Bamba, two points, one for two shooting, missed his only three, two rebounds and a block, Um Only six minutes and 10 seconds. So don't, you know, that sat line isn't exhaustive by any means. Um, But Mo, you know, I was watching Mo very carefully. Um, He was doing a really good job on the block. I mean, I think he still floated out to the three point line a little too much offensively. But when he was attacking the glass, when he was on the block, he was moving guys and he was holding his spot, you know, even against Joachim Noah. Um, He was not getting dislodged. And so, you know, you talk about. Adding 25, you know, whatever it was, 20 plus pounds. That's why they did it. Because, you know, earlier in the season, Mo would get moved off a spot on rebounds. You couldn't rely on him to be a rebounder. Uh, and not only did he rebound in this game per- affect it pretty well, again, two rebounds isn't a ton, um, but, you know, he was in good rebounding position for most of the night. But he also drew at least two fouls on rebounds because guys couldn't get, couldn't lodge him off a spot. Um, and, you know, and, and they were going after him. Uh, so, you know, Mo is still kind of learning how to condition himself and 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 kind of pick up his wind um, with the added weight. The Magic are being very very careful about it. They don't want him to kind of overexert himself. They want to ease him into things, uh, and that's why he isn't. That's one of the reasons, at least, why he isn't playing as much right now. Um, but overall, a really good start for Mobamba uh, You know, I I think, you know, I think it's. Pretty clear that Obama can be a very effective player in this league, especially on the defensive end. Now that he's got that added strength, uh, you know, it's, it's going to make him a whole lot better. Okay. The guys who didn't play so great Evan Fournier, 0 for 5, 0 for 4, shooting just two points on the game, three assists for him. Didn't really do much, to be perfectly honest. You know, missed some open shots that he had. Um, I'll get, I, I do like that he didn't force things. I thought the shots that he did take were fine shots, were, were good shots that you want him to take. He just didn't have it, so if there's one guy that that definitely seems like he's a little bit behind the curve, where other guys are ahead of the curve uh, in this comeback, Evan Fournier might be a guy who's, who's still kind of working himself back into rhythm and back into kind of game speed and game shape. I don't think one game is anything to worry about. Uh, I think that obviously um, the Magic still have a lot of work to do. Everyone does. Uh, but just something to keep an eye on as well. James Ennis, as I mentioned, four points, two for eight shooting, over three from beyond the arc. Just, I think, uh, he got stuck with the ball a lot in bad shot clock situations, but he also was forcing his game a little bit too much, and, and that's certainly not what the Magic won, especially from him and the role that he has. The Orlando Magic, again, shoot 42.1% from the floor, 5 for 28 from beyond the arc. Obviously still trying to get their legs under them, especially from, from deep. They're 21 of 26 from the foul line. They have 42 rebounds, including 9 offensive rebounds. Just 9 turnovers in the game. So a good sign there for the team. The LA Clippers are lens scoring by uh, Lou Williams with 22 points. Paul George scores 18. Uh, Kawhi Leonard with just 9 on 3-for-8 shootings uh, on all 3 three-pointers. So didn't really attack the basket, basket much, but again, I thought Aaron Gordon did, did a pretty good job on him overall. Um, the, the Clippers shoot 44.2% from the floor, um, 16 for 41 from beyond the arc, so they're able to hit their outside shots, 15 of 19 from the foul line. So obviously, again, fouling is expected at this point with um, with everyone still kind of getting into sync defensively. Um, overall, again, the Orlando Magic just have to, I think, do a better job being consistent defensively. Their activity was much better in the second quarter. They were able to get steals and deflections and get out on the break. That helped them get back in the game. That helped them kind of get into their offensive flow. Their defense has to feed their offense, but still just kind of getting in sync on that end. They were step slow on rotations. They were probably a little overeager to get after the ball. You know, fouling, a, not, not an exorbitant amount, but a little bit too much. Um, and again, leaving open three-point shooters, that's going to come back and bite you when the season actually resumes. The LA Clippers defeat the Orlando Magic 99-90 in the first scrimmage. Orlando Magic back in action on Saturday for what is technically a home game part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So what comes next? What is the big takeaway? What is the meaning of of this this game on Wednesday? It's... I, I cannot stress this enough to, to not put too much meaning. It is just as likely that Nikola Vucevic goes out and struggles on Saturday as it is that he has another great game. It is just as likely that Fournier bounces back and has a big game on Saturday as anything else. It is just like any other preseason game. You, you can't read too much into it. What becomes important then is patterns, is building consistency, what we saw on Wednesday was merely the next step. It's not the first step. I can't, I, I call it the first step online, but it, it's it's the next step for this team. It is the next necessary layer, you know, layer of brick that you build upon the foundation. It was a test of everything to see how far this team has come or how far this team still needs to go. And the Clippers would say the same thing, that they probably have a lot of work to do too. You know, the Clippers, I think, you know, Turn the ball over a little bit too much. They relied a lot on their three-pointers. They, you know, I think leaned heavily on their stars. You know, I think they're pretty happy with how they moved the ball and all that and how they shot the ball. But I think I think they would agree that their defense needed to tighten up a little bit. Um, they gave up too many middle drives. You know, everyone is still kind of getting their, their legs underneath them and, and figuring this out. And so really we're not going to have any clue about where this team is at until the next game. Until we have a, a, the ability to establish a pattern, for sure. A lot of this game was also getting used to not only just getting used to playing again, but getting used to the environment that they're playing in. There were pretty good reviews about the court and the setup inside uh, the built inside the arena that they played at played at at Disney. You know, honestly, the TV broadcast looked pretty sharp too. And and so. What comes next then is continuing to establish that foundation. I, 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 I know I'm sounding a little bit like a broken record. But that's really what comes next. Is building on what was good. The ball movement. The, 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 off, the, the offense generally was good. The ability, you know, working inside out. You know, defensively being active and energetic. You know, being in the right spot. You know, kind of corralling and containing defensive uh, offensive players. Those are all things that come next, and it's about building on instincts uh, and and habits that will help them execute their defense better. A lot of what comes next is exactly that: is building on better habits and defensive habits uh, for this team. But it's also about what this team didn't do. They didn't push the pace effectively well. You know, they weren't, you know, moving the ball up and down the court quicker, quickly. They weren't getting into their sets as quickly, although I think in the half court they, they ran their sets with, with pretty solid pace. Not great pace, but solid pace. They've got to be able to hit shots from the outside. When they get open threes, they've got to make them and they've got to make sure they're working inside out without forcing the ball into the paint when it's not there and trying to do too much, or getting too deep, or f- making, you know, again, I, I think Clifford says this really well too, the Magic need to make better rim decisions. Especially with, you know, a game against the Lakers, where they're going to be facing a team with, you know, a, lo- a lot of good size and shot blockers and Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, and then again, I guess the Nuggets, with what Bull Bull did in, in their first game, if the Nuggets are going to play him a l- little bit more, that's going to be a guy that they, they're going to have to worry about at the rim as well. So, there is plenty still to work on, plenty still to do. The team is not regular season ready. Although judging by some of the other games that I watched, you know, I watched the, the Nets Pelicans game. Nets didn't look great. You know, the Nuggets looked a little. You know, the Nuggets obviously had Bull Bull you know go out and put up all these numbers, but they gave up a lot of points to the Wizards. They you know they turned the ball over a ton. They're throwing the ball around, and you know they're undermanned too. You know, the Kings had had their ups and downs. You know, honestly, the Clippers and the Magic, you know, probably came out today feeling as good as any of the other teams. But they're not concerned about the other teams. They're concerned about themselves. And what the Magic have to do next is make what was good habit and lower the chances of what was bad from happening again. I'm not overly concerned. The shooting, I think, will come. The better offensive decision-making, I think, will come. The biggest thing that I'm concerned about is just the physicality on defense. That's been a problem all year long. And it's just so necessary to everything the Magic do. I think the pace the Magic will pick up when Markel Foltz is back in the lineup, I suspect that he'll be ready to play Saturday. That the Magic will feel comfortable throwing him out there Saturday. Um, I think overall the team is in a good place certainly you know honestly maybe it's just maybe i was just buying that steve clifford was, was downplaying everything but the magic i thought were far ahead of where i thought they'd be i was i was really prepared for some bad basketball and honestly both the, the magic and the clippers played some pretty solid basketball you know definitely you could tell they were rusty you could tell that they were coming off a long layoff you could tell a lot you could tell that they, they weren't perfect but overall i thought it was a really strong Strong showing from both teams, all things considered. But again, what matters next, what matters next is the Magic build on this. A encouraging performance in a first preseason game doesn't matter if you don't build on it and reduce your mistakes in the second game. And the Magic have a lot to build on and a lot to build from. And honestly... That's all you could ask for from this first game. The Magic completed this important step. They saw several players play exceptionally well, better than expected, look more ready than expected. And now they just got to, again, build consistency and build habit and bring everyone along with them. And if they can do that, they will surely achieve their goals. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at md. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For complete coverage on this game, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic. We'll talk about the aftermath of this game once again, what the Magic are working on, as well as take a look ahead at the Magic's game against the Los Angeles Lakers. That is a Saturday noon tip-off. So uh, good Saturday afternoon basketball for you. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast.